Good afternoon and welcome to Tokyo on Fire. Today is June 19th, 2015. My name is Timothy Langley. Today's burning issue is religion in Japanese politics. Are there religious organizations in Japan that exert an influence on Japanese politics? Are religious organizations strong? Are they well-founded? Do they proliferate throughout Japanese society? We're going to examine these issues today and see what kind of things we might be able to come up with. You can post comments and recommendations to us at comments at tokyoonfire.com. You can also send messages to us via Twitter at hashtag tokyoonfire. Our podcasts are downloadable on iTunes and obviously available on YouTube. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Chuchek. Michael Chuchek is the well-known author of the foremost blog on Japanese politics in English. It is entitled Shisaku. He is also an adjunct professor at Sofia University teaching politics. Today we're going to be talking about religion in Japanese politics. There's a lot swirling around here. It's not quite a burning issue, but it is an issue of continuing importance, and the influence of religious organizations or religious-like organizations is rather obvious if you're an observer of Japanese politics. It's really obvious, but it's also been something that nobody's wanted to talk about. And still, in some instances, still don't want to talk mm -hmm. about. And that has to do primarily with the organization that backs the main coalition partner of the LDP, the ruling party, the party known as Kometo, the Clean Government Party. Mm -hmm. There's also some reticence to talk about talking about Mr. Abe's own religious, uh, if not background, at least his agenda that seems to be there that uh, people have really avoided talking about for the most part and really should be. Uh, brought up in a in a more obvious and more uh, in a more clear fashion. Okay. Well, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, let's talk a little bit about the religious organizations that just exist in Japanese society. Where they came from? Are there Christians here? Do the Muslims exert any sort of influence in this country? What about um, you know Shintoism and, and Confucianism? Is is the Buddhist cult very strong here? Let's just talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, we can. I mean, in, in a general sense, sure. We can. We, we, let's let's just start off with that. There is an indigenous religious tradition which is called Shinto, the Way of the Gods, uh, which has all kinds of different manifestations and is divided into hundreds of different kinds of subsets, mm -hmm. each worshiping some kind of religious sacred, either object or a sacred space or even the spirits of deceased people that are considered to have become holy. Uh, and kami, the gods, is the way that's translated. But gods is a little bit, uh, uh, it's a little bit presumptuous. Kami just means exalted beings. A spirit. Yeah, in a spirit. And it can be in a stone. It can be in a tree. Mount Fuji. Mount, Mount Fuji, Fuji is, 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 a, is an object of veneration. Mm -hmm. And there are shrines that, to the cult of Fuji. And... You can go on pilgrimages around the mountain, and there are all kinds of different organizations that are based on these indigenous religious beliefs. Okay. But in the uh, just around the turn of the millennium, in around the year zero, uh, was the the first arrivals of Buddhism in this country. It didn't really catch on until sometime around the fifth century. But at that point, the the set of nobles that eventually became the imperial house very much used Buddhist religion to justify and legitimize their rule. Mm -hmm. And it has been a part of Japanese, Buddhism has been a part of Japanese society ever since. 
So we have the two mainline traditions. Shintoism and Buddhism. Shintoism is somewhat akin to what you might think of as a Native American religion, which is worshiping things and running brooks and the flying bird. And, and, a, and an obsession prim primarily with purification, mm -hmm. and clean bodies, clean minds, uh, whereas Buddhism is the escape from uh, this mortal coil or some kind of salvation. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Buddhism has precepts, it has followings, it has written things that you're supposed to do to lead an enlightened life. Well, it certainly has the sutras, that, that you have a, a body of logic, a body of religious texts, a whole corpus. When that came in, uh, the Shinto side developed its own mm -hmm. uh, set of practices and, and texts to match this new introduced religion. But throughout most of Japanese history, uh, these two different traditions blended, mm -hmm. and that you would have inside Buddhist temples a shrine, or inside shrines, Buddhist temples. It was, n and there are many, many sites in, in Japan where they're called gongen, where the manifested deity is both mm -hmm. Buddhist and Shinto. It just mm -hmm. depends on which approach that you want to take to it. That ended with the Meiji period. In the Meiji period, the attempt to establish the emperor as the center of the government required, at least in the Meiji oligarchs' minds, that the two traditions be separated. And in what was basically the equivalent of the, the cultural revolution that occurred in, in, in China, the two religions were separated. And there was a vast destruction of religious uh, artifacts and religious icons and religious traditions that had blended these two things together for centuries. Mm -hmm. That then was these two separated religions with Shinto now, the way of the gods, which has the emperor at the center of it. What became the main? Became the main line government program. Mm -hmm. And indeed it was called state Shinto, where there was uh, government support and government participation in these religious acts with everything focusing on the, the, uh, the emperor himself. Mm -hmm. And that institution was seen when Japan lost in World War II as having been one of the primary reasons. One of the culprits. One of the culprits for the, the aggressive military posture of Japan. Mm -hmm. And so the state, state Shinto was abolished and Shinto shrines were, were set aside as private corporations for the first time. Whereas before they had been part of the government apparatus, they are now separated. And indeed the constitution, American written, Article 20, sets aside for the first time in Japanese tradition, the idea that religion has no place in politics and in government. Mm -hmm. That's, and it's written there very clearly that they cannot engage, re religious organizations cannot have governmental or political power. Mm -hmm. That's where we stand with the basic religions. Now, in the Meiji period, with the turmoil and, and, and dis, the, the changes that came with rapid industrialization, rapid urbanization. It was called a restoration. It, yeah, was, it, was, it a, was a revolution of it sorts. Was, it was a revolution of sorts that in the, in the uh, great economic and uh, political boom that happened in that, the period after the, the Meiji restoration appeared what are called the new religions. And it's these new religions that started out 
basically they really caught fire after World War I. These things are the political actors. Mm -hmm. Even though the constitution uh, that we have now says that religion and politics should stay separate, the new religions, these which are based on one branch of Buddhism called Nichiren Buddhism, which is a native branch based on the teachings of a great Japanese Buddhist saint, Nichiren. All these new religions that popped up, they all play a part and they all have become incredibly important in the present cabinet. Mm -hmm. Well, going back several hundred years, I mean, there was lots of warfare in the capital of, of Japan in, in Kyoto, where these different sects would battle one another for for power and control of what was then the the, the monarchy. Yeah, well, that, the, the, certainly the, the one of the things that, that probably blows people's minds is that the, in Japan, we had armed monks. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you say, okay, that's like the Shaolin monks of China, the, the, the Kung Fu guys. No, this is the different. armies yes. of people with swords and, and, and pikes and, and would literally lay waste to the capital mm -hmm. if they didn't get what they wanted. Uh, that, that tradition also exists of religion and uh, organized violence. Mm -hmm. And so the, the history of religion and politics in Japan is extremely fraught. Most people, um, I mean, if you've lived in Japan for, for uh, uh, any length of time, you understand that Japanese are actually both religions. They don't have this concept that, oh, I'm, I'm a Catholic or I'm an I'm a Episcopalian. They, they're much more loose about this dealing with um, religious concepts or, or the embodiment of religion in their daily life. So um, they might be a, a believer of, of Shintoism, but they're also... A, a Buddhist of some sort. And that's the way a lot of that religion has crept back into public life through the fact that most people actually don't associate with any one particular sect. Mm -hmm. And there's an argument, and it's a pretty good one, that religion is a part of Japanese tradition, Japanese culture. And it's okay to do religious acts if they're cultural acts, mm -hmm. if they're part of a traditional reenactment, for example. And that way, a lot of Shinto and a lot of Buddhist rites have made their way into public life with politicians, with even government officials participating in these activities as cultural artifacts. So that's, that's, that's something you could say, oh, that could be abused. Mm -hmm. and, and to a certain extent, maybe it is, but it's really relatively minor so far. Well, I think this, this growing um dissatisfaction with the fiber and the the uh, spiritual makeup of normal Japanese people are causing leaders, political leaders and, and whatnot, to try to reassert some sort of an identity. And most often that comes in the form of maybe patriotism or we should all act collectively together. And I sense that that, that could either come under the banner of Shintoism, but that seems to be Rather, rather weak, but I understand there's a lot of power uh, being placed into moving this forward, but also more likely under a, a Buddhist um, sort of a, a structure. Well, that's the thing. There are two, the two lines are going that way, and mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. The Shinto side is basically re represented in Japanese life now by an organization called the Nippon Kaigi, mm -hmm. which is trying to reassert traditional values, traditional being some manufactured thing, most very rese resemblant of, of state Shinto, very right. close to it. Uh, this 
the Nippon Kaigi is composed mostly of academics, conservative academics of such schools like Kokugakuin, uh, which is the place where, until very recently, all of the uh, noble families, including the imperial family, went to school. Uh, the, but also other universities. Some have very strong conservative backgrounds and generally are also tied to the pre-war state Shinto organizations. All of this is coming back, and they have recruited business people, people in, in the arts, but most importantly, they now have a lot of politicians, mm -hmm. mostly from the LDP, but also from the, the Japan Innovation Party, a very small number from the opposition uh, DPJ, who are all participants in this attempt to bring back traditional values. And they, that organization, Nippon Kaigi, is closely as, uh, allied with another organization, which is the Association of Spiritual Values, having to do with Shinto, Shinto shrines. And again, in that case, there are about 269 members of the House of Representatives who are members of that spiritual association. In addition, there is an association of Shinto worship within the, which has strong ties to the government, which is the Association of Spiritual Values, mm -hmm. which is closely allied with the Nippon Kaigi. And those two organizations together have a great deal of influence on the current cabinet. It's said that at least 17 of the 19 members of the cabinet right. are members of Nippon Kaigi and, and also of the Shinto Shrine organization. And the Secretary General happens to be uh, the current Prime Minister. And, and of, of, the, of the Shinseiren, yes, yes. Of, the, of, the, of the Association of Spiritual, yes, is Abe himself. Very strong. You know, right. So that the influence of this organization is immense. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that uh, in a way that's very been probably been kind of hard to interpret for people who are outside of Japan. We've, we've had it basically slammed in our faces in the way that Mr. Abe spends his New Year's. Mm -hmm. He goes to Mie Prefecture, to the shrine that is most closely associated with the imperial family, the Ise shrines, where until very recently, always the, the head priestess was a, an imperial princess. That shrine is maintained by the government as a cultural uh, artifact and maintained in a way that is, brings it to the world's attention every 20 years, mm -hmm. which is they destroy the entire thing and rebuild it a few hundred meters away. And they just keep going back, back and, and forth, forth between these two forth, different right. locations. And it costs an absolute fortune and it's all paid out of taxpayer money. This has been done for centuries, it, back and forth and back, back and, and forth. forth. And the latest 20 year version just came into being two years ago. And Mr. Abe took his, almost his entire cabinet there as a cultural matter. But then he held, now has held for two years running his first press conference of the year from inside the shrine. Mm -hmm. He has made this almost a slap in the face to other religious organizations in Japan, saying, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm emphasizing Ise Shinto and Imperial Shinto in a way that has really never been done before. And the problem here is that he is the head of state and he's being involved in uh, spiritual activities or in religious activities where the constitution that was established 
65 years ago, says there should be a complete separation of church and state. Now, there is absolutely set very clearly in Article 20 that okay. that's just, you cannot have any kind of religious organization having power. Okay, my sense is, so what? This Constitution, I think from most Japanese perspectives, is that this Constitution was imposed on us, and we used to be okay, we were proud, we had our own national uh, sense of ourselves, we had a strong navy, we had a strong army, we were growing an empire just like everybody else, and we believed in the emperor and the emperor system, and Shinto was basically one of the foundations of our religious spirituality. The Americans came in, they rewrote the Constitution, and what has happened to the spirituality of Japanese youth? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, it, it just seems to lack a, a kind of uh, a fiber that binds people, and the, the, for example, the number of suicides, uh, the, the, just the way communities are held together, I think most Japanese miss that, and they understand that uh, since this has been kind of taken away surgically from them, uh, they're looking for some other alternative or maybe a return to what they felt they had and what was the strength, one of the strengths of the Japanese nation. Okay, fine. I'll accept all of that. Just keep it domestic, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to do that at home, fine. But that's not what Mr. Abe has done. Just this year, just a few days ago, he selected Ise as the site of the next G7 meeting. That's right, big deal. And that was a dog whistle to all of his conservative Shinto followers. Yes, we're going to have the leaders of the world come and pay homage to the imperial shrine there. Mm -hmm. Or they'll think they're visiting, but since visiting is the same mm -hmm. as paying homage to the, to the god there. It's, it's no, there's not any way to differentiate it. You, you don't, it's not like you're facing left or facing right and that means you're not respecting what's going on. You're going to be there. And, there, and that is just, that's really picking sides. Because in, in Japan, there's the Shin, yes, Shinto is just the basic cultural background of, of spirituality. But there are serious contenders for the people's values and also for religious uh, affiliations. And that brings us to the new religions and their Buddhist-derived mm -hmm. traditions and their political back, their political significance. And let's start with the, the biggest one of all, Soka the Soka, Soka Gakkai, the Society for the Increase of Wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds nice, you know, it sounds like something you want to be a part of. And it started out basically as a Gakkai, as indeed a study association. But then under its third president, Ikeda Daisaku, whom a lot of people don't even say his name, they just say Hachioji, they say the city where he's in, because he is an amazing force behind much of what is happening in Japan. Ikeda Daisaku aggressively expanded the membership in a, from a, a, maybe a million in the year 1960 to close to eight million in 1970, over 10, just recruiting people, proselytizing, mm -hmm. bringing them into the religious organization. This was a time, again, of disorder when in Japan's economic development, factories were opening, there was the establishment of a lot of businesses. It was, it was the time of the 10% per year growth period. It was huge. And hundreds of thousands, millions of people moved from the rural areas to the central cities. 
and they were deracinated. They did not have connections. They were alienated, and the the Sokogakkai took advantage mm -hmm. of this disassociation, this this alienation, and recruited for its membership millions of people, and at the same time did something that got it immediately into trouble. It started running candidates, and eventually in 1964, established its own political party in seeming complete, in just mocking violation of Article 20, mm -hmm. the Komeito, the Clean Government Party. And it was indeed through those political actions that Ikeda himself was arrested and tried mm -hmm. and put into, put, into, to, and put into prison. This kind of activity uh, got them, made them the enemies of established political parties in the 1960s and 70s. Then in 1970, the car party and the religious organization ostensibly split ways. And the party has since been trying to move from where it was, which was a very, uh, almost left. Uh, you would have to say that its main competitor was the Communist Party of Japan, Japan Communist Party, which is had the same, was going after the same people, the same alienated mm -hmm. urban or suburban people who had, had no organizational strength and needed to join something to become part of the Japanese society. To communize, yeah. communize the, to communize. They, make them feel a part of they, their they, community. And if you ever talk to Komeito people, they absolutely hate the communists mm -hmm. because they're fighting for the same votes. Mm -hmm. As the, the Komeito moved right, and has been moving right consistently for all these years. It participated in the overthrow of the LDP in 1993. It was one part of that coalition. And then joined in a party with the great destroyer of Japanese politics, Ozawa Ichiro, in what was called the New Frontier Party. But after parting ways with Ozawa Ichiro, it went on its own for a while and then joined the LDP, mm -hmm. the enemy. Both sides were, had deep mistrust for each other, but both sides needed each other. The Komeito needed the cover of legitimacy that the LDP provides, and the LDP needs the votes because the LDP has been declining in popularity for decades. The Komeito represents something that you cannot find anywhere else, which is eight million votes every single election. Mm -hmm. If Dr. Nancy Snow was with us, she would probably criticize us for navel-gazing. But this is intensely interesting, and the impact of everything that you've said, it really rolls out into a situation that we have today, a kind of a soup of, of political uh, forces at battle based on some sort of a religious foundation. It certainly makes it very interesting in terms of where the Komeito is going to go on any issue. Mm -hmm. The Komeito provides the votes in the House of Councillors that the that government needs in order to be able to pass any legislation it wishes. Yes. They it, it's the Komeito that gives the government that extra bit of power that makes, it, makes the opposition parties basically irrelevant. As long as the Komeito, but more importantly, the Soka Gakkai that's behind it, and more importantly, the women's division in the, in the married women's division in the Sokagakai, the most powerful part of that organization, as long as they can be uh, convinced that an, a policy is okay, 
it's going to pass. And it's mm. getting to that point, which is the crux of most Japanese politics today. Okay, I think if most people are listening to this conversation, or maybe they just tuned in, they might get the impression that Sokagakkai, the Komeito, is really the organization, and it's really throwing its weight around. It's perhaps growing a little bit. Um, where does that leave the Shinto part of it? Because it doesn't seem, I mean, like you said earlier, it's somewhat under the covers. It's not really exposed. It's not quite a taboo, but you don't really talk about it very much. You don't read much about it. And I think that um, this, this pent-up energy for a spiritual foundation is really starting to grow. And I think that that is one of Prime Minister Abe's objectives, is to revise the Constitution, to take these, these uh, shackles off of the ability of the Japanese leadership to define what is uh, spirituality in the Japanese context. I think that there's a lot underfoot here. Well, there certainly is this within the Abe branch or Abe blend of LDP ideologies, this concept that the citizens that we have are not the citizens that we want. Mm -hmm. We need to change the constitution, that defines the citizenry. We have to change the education system. And they certainly have a tremendous interest that until now, because they've had a, a focus on the economy, right. that they have not pushed their cultural agenda. Probably robbed um, the energy from other aspects of what would be considered a Japanese culture too. That's right, And but if you look at uh, the Minister of Education, Shimomura Hakabun, right. that is a man who is very definitely interested in values, mm -hmm. very definitely interested in traditional Japanese values, and who has held back. When he was in government before, he's been a really hardcore, but this time around, he, during his first two years as Minister of Education, has been relatively reined in. That's not something that we can always believe will, be, will continue. Mm -hmm. And we know very clearly from the attendance at Yaskuni Shrine by ministers of the cabinet that this cabinet is a conservative Shinto cabinet. And maybe we want to talk about Yaskuni's place in all this. Yaskuni is its own uh, Shinto organization. Again, its relationship to the government was pulled apart by the United States and shunted off as a private religious corporation. But nevertheless, we have a large number of diet members who go on the festival days. We have Mr. Abe himself, who, though he has not gone for, to uh, Yaskuni for over a year now, does still send gifts in his name, mm -hmm. with his name and his title on them, to the shrine, despite the fact that any kind of interaction with that religious organization immediately sets off the Chinese and South Koreans. It sure does, and it's, I think it's a little bit unfair. Yasukuni is the uh, registered uh, place of the dead for everybody, all the Japanese soldiers who died in World War II. So when you pay your respects to, at Yasukuni, uh, you could be interpreted as paying your respects to the people who died for the protection and for the promotion of the Japanese nation, but not necessarily, but you're all, everybody that's visiting there, especially if it's a, a, a politician, is painted with that brush. Well, we can talk all day about Yasukuni. No, Yasukuni is a great part of, of that dialogue. Though. Yeah, and it, it certainly was a part of the state Shinto cult. Uh, but Mr. Abe has been very careful to 
go only in that one permissible direction, which is to follow the Issei line, the imperial house line, mm -hmm. rather, and letting his underlings, letting his associates go to Yaskuni. So he's, sure. he's played this very carefully in terms of a political game having to do with international politics. The United States hates it as well when he goes mm -hmm. to Yaskuni. And while the relationship between the United States and, and Japan was at its zenith during the time that Prime Minister Koizumi was in office under, with the Bush administration, nevertheless, the United States still did not like it at all that Koizumi would go every year on his visits mm -hmm. to, to, to Yaskuni Shrine. And every time there's a new prime minister, I can assure you that the US ambassador or whatever representative comes from the United States to talk to this new prime minister says, please don't go to Yaskuni. Right. It causes trouble. No discussion about Japanese religion is complete unless we talk about the emperor and his role in Shintoism and his role as the, the head of state of Japan. And one of the interesting aspects, not many people know this or they have to be told it and then they, they reflect on it, they say, oh yes, I, I knew that, but it is an amazing fact that this, the, the, the current emperor is the direct line of emperors, one right after another, a direct descendant that goes back into history far longer than any uh, hereditary uh, dynasty, even as far back as the pharaohs of Egypt. Well, in this case, the, the, for the religious aspect of this, Issei Shrine is the shrine to Amaterasu Omikami, right. the, the goddess of the sun. And according to legend, the current emperor is the, I think, 124th direct descendant from that goddess. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he is, for some people, and, and certain members of the cabinet, a living a, god. A living, a living kami. He, that his, the renunciation of, of deity that his father did, the emperor Hirohito, mm -hmm. in order to basically avoid being prosecuted as a war criminal, he, part of the deal was that he would renounce Godhead, right. and he does. And, the, and it's so important, this relationship of the, of the government, that the first thing that the Constitution of Japan talks about is the emperor, mm -hmm. the, and the first article of, that, of this new revised constitution that was done by the Americans, it makes sure that the first thing that it says is the emperor is the symbol of the state. Well, that not the leader of the state, not the central focus of the state. He's a symbol. He's two things removed. Right. He's not, what, he's not the center. Wasn't that the major sticking point in ending World War II in the first place, though? It was the, certainly the major sticking point in trying to get Surrender. Surrender you know? out of these people because they, one of the things that they, that they wanted to do was protect the emperor's life. Right. Uh, and that was, became a huge number of deals that, were, that possibly have been regretted by the United States, certainly were regretted by Japan's conservatives, the idea of, of Japan's emperor dropping away. From Hundreds Japan. of scenarios. All kinds right? of things that could have happened. So the current emperor is deeply allergic to any kind of uh, association of himself with some kind of deity. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. because he is the emperor, he has to perform all kinds of rituals associated with this deification process. He plants a rice paddy 
I don't know if he has to. I mean, this is what he does. But this, it, is, this is his he job. He is the emperor. This, this is, is his yes. job. He, 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 the, so I don't know. You can't say it's his job. It is, it is who he is. It is what he does. It's not his job. I mean, look at his house. You don't even call it a house, right? I mean, he is, he is the only leader of uh, head of state of any country in the world today who is a, a, an, an emperor, a reigning uh, emperor. Right. He is the real deal here. He's the real deal. And the, it's that he has in his daily life all kinds of what people would ostensibly call religious rituals. Some of them very secret. And very secret. Right. When, the, 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 uh, when, when an emperor takes on the throne, they do a lot of things behind closed doors that nobody knows right. anything about mm -hmm. uh, that have something to do with the hocus-pocus magic that, of becoming an emperor. And certainly if you, there's hocus-pocus, then it, it's not the secular world. We're talking about the sacred world. Well, hocus-pocus, I mean, we, we don't do that. No, we don't, we don't go through all these kinds of different right. gestures and uh, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. I think it is just fantastic. This emperor is, I mean, yes, in, in the Constitution, he has renounced his deityship. But to most Japanese, I don't think that really carries a lot of water. No, it doesn't matter. Well, we'll see how it goes. The current emperor and his son are both deeply committed to their role as secular symbols of the state. Mm -hmm. Beyond them going to the, the second son, Akishino, and also to, to the, uh, the heir to the throne, uh, the young boy, he, who knows what he's going to become. He's, only, he's still only an elementary school mm -hmm. student. But for now, what we're looking at is the possibility of a clash with Abe's actions and a lot of people in Japan. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in Japan like the tribal aspects of certain rituals. They certainly love the, the Issei Shrine cr destruction and rebuilding thing. Some people complain about the cost, but for most of the time, it's really cool that we are maintaining this tradition that's been going on for millennia. But at a certain point, it's going to, there's going to be some kind of crisis. And it certainly is, I think we're going to get there with this G7 meeting, that it was entirely unnecessary to put it at, in Issei. There, it's, it's a definite choice on Abe's part. And to what extent other world leaders and their staffs are going to play along with Abe's staged uh, Issei shrine, uh, visit. I don't know what they're planning on doing, but it's going to loom over the, the project of the G7 for next year. I don't know. I mean, it is a UNESCO site. It is a cultural heritage. It is a, a foundation of, you know, a lot of things that are very important to the Japanese and to the, the building of this, this culture and this fantastic uh, uh, nation that, you know, out of the ashes of war has become a, a major powerhouse. So there's something there. There's something uh, really um, uh, central to being Japanese and, and this, this island nation that um, really kind of defies definition. But, you know, we, we try. And I don't know if Shintoism is a major part of it, but I sense that Shintoism is a rising part of that. And I think, for example, we were talking a little bit about the, the rise of, uh, of uh, Sokagakai. And during that period, during the bubble, um, emerged uh, lots of new religions. One of them was 
Om Shimniko, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, it was weird at first, but a lot of them are somewhat weird. But this one went from weird to exponentially weird. And I think there are a lot of people that are searching for, for meaning and for, for direction in their life. And they just, you know, that's what we're talking about, religion. What does religion actually mean? And how does it bind people together in a society? Well, Aum Shinrikyo, which really doesn't have, um, unlike most religious organizations, it really doesn't have a translation. It, that's what we always call it. And, and if you see uh, reports, it's always called Aum Shinrikyo. Uh, this organization uh, became a murder cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it specialized in gas warfare. It gassed the, the, the city of Matsumoto, trying to kill judges, but what it did was kill a whole bunch of uh, some people who were just living in the area. And then, most famously, on March the 20th, 1995, it, they used sarin gas on the Tokyo subway system, uh, killing, I think, 12 people, but uh, poisoning at least 3,000 in what was, until that time, the, the largest mass terrorist attack mm-hmm. ever carried out on, on the planet. Uh, it has now, of course, been superseded by, uh, three, by 9-11. But uh, at the time, the atmosphere for religious organizations, particularly the Soka Gakkai, got a little dicey mm-hmm. because the Japanese well, police agency and other government agencies had been taking for a very long time a very hands-off and a very, 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 very distant look at religious organizations, despite the fact that some of them are wacko cults, right? And this completely, you know, and there's there every few years there is the revelation of yet another cult which has killed several of its members, and and these these things pop up all the time. But until the Aum Shinrikyo incidents, the the police agency and other agencies that watch internal security have generally kept everything at arm's length. When that happened, suddenly all of these religious corporations that are of recent vintage suddenly felt a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. And it's now, it, it, there's n- absolutely no coincidence that the uh, Kometo quickly was running in the direction of the LDP to, in order to make sure that it was seen as not a cult that needs to be watched or mm-hmm. suppressed. Uh, but beyond that, there are within the government and supporting the government and imposing the government, there are other religious organizations that are competitors to the Soka Gakkai, competitors to the, to the uh, Shinto revival that we're seeing. Things like the Risho Koseikai, these, uh, and again, I don't know the correct, they're what they call themselves, uh, the uh, Reiyukai, the Association of the Spirits. Mm-hmm. These Nichiren Buddhist organizations were for the longest time the ground troops of LDP election campaigns. Now, they all left when the Kometo moved in. They have since been, until very recently, they were the ground troops of the DPJ, the opposition, and provided them with a lot of their organizing power so that the DPJ, one of the reasons it was so so quickly powerful was that it had the religious groups in addition to the labor unions that supported them. And party. a lot of floaters, a lot, a lot of, of floaters and, and the, seeking direction. And seeking direction. And this that relationship hasn't paid off mm-hmm. for the DPJ. Apparently so that not. so that the LDP under Abe uh, can go fishing all over the place mm-hmm. for support in 
these organizations that do have strong affiliations and do have strong, uh, very powerful organizations. If you go around Tokyo and you look, you know, there are these, the, these organizations have gigantic headquarters. If you go to the, the Reiyukai, the Reiyukai, it's, it's like a, something off of Coruscant in, in Star Wars, the, 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 the home planet, this gigantic... It's, it's in Kamiacho. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a huge it, turtle-backed uh, roof that's with just the, With beautiful. the two rings on the top, yes. you yes. say, what the heck is that? And you start going to yourself, dun, 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 yeah. da, 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 because yes. it looks like it's right off the set. Yeah, sure does. And, you, and there are all these different organizations, mm-hmm. and they all have their as- association, despite Article 20. Mm-hmm. They have all these associations with the various political parties. Well, it's not going to go away. One of the great foundations of power for Komeito is, like the Mormons, people who belong to Komeito actually tithe. They, they contribute to the, the, the organization, and so they are very powerful. They have lots of land holdings, and they distribute this uh, tithed money within the less fortunate people who have joined Sokagakai, so the 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 glue that binds them is very strong. And there's a lot of financial things that are going on underneath the surface. And that's something that also the Komeito doesn't want anybody looking into. Right. They certainly don't want the national tax agency. Tax-free benefit for religious organizations. To be in any way endangered so that every four years when the Tokyo Gikai, the Tokyo Assembly elections come up, that's when the Soka Gakkai is in full election combat mode mm-hmm. because there is nothing more important to them than to maintain their position within the Tokyo Assembly because Tokyo, the city of Tokyo, is the registry point for the entire religious corporation. That's where it's registered. That's where if there's any kind of investigation, it has to come from the Tokyo government. The Sokogakai and Komeito, they don't one of the things you you can always say is that April every four years that we had the local elections this year, four years from now in 2019, we know that the Komeito will say to the LDP, no general election this year, understood, and the and the LDP will go, understood, and they'll get their way, and they'll get their way. Mm. Let's talk just a little bit about um, before we wrap this whole thing up, other religions that exist that are in contention or have any influence in Japanese politics or the sway of, of things that are happening that, um, that carry any influence at all? Well, the Christian, Christianity, unlike in, in the, on the Korean peninsula, is almost non-existent. One percent? Yeah, one percent and maybe two percent if we put Catholics and Protestants together. Very small effect. They have, there has been at least one prime minister who was a Christian. Uh, maybe two or three who were believed. A couple uh, of ministers. Well, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, currently the finance minister, uh, Aso. His his Christian name is uh, Francisco, so it's Aso Francisco Taro. Uh, and there have been maybe there has been one or two Protestants also, but otherwise they're not very important in terms of electoral politics. And they don't really exert any sort of influence politically. Yeah, as for Islam, it is becoming the larger and larger force within Japan, basically because of immigrants from South, South Asia, right. India and Pakistan. Who, Malaysia. And Malaysia, yes, you, cer- you are certainly seeing a lot more women on the street with the hijab mm-hmm. than 
and, and they look as though they're, they're South Asian or, or Southeast Asian. Mm -hmm. we, we do not have here in Japan yet any from the Middle East or from Turkey or from those places. Though the one largest mosque here in Tokyo is, was built by Turkish interests. Mm -hmm. so, and it's a beautiful place. Uh, Yoyogi Uehara is, is, is where it's located. And you can see it from quite a distance away. And it's, and it's integrated very much into the urban landscape. But certainly, uh, South Asians have brought Islam to the forefront, and Southeast Asians are causing a real, not a stir, but a lot of interest because they represent tourist dollars. Mm -hmm. And, or in this case, ringgit, or any of, the, any of the South Asian currencies. These people are coming in increasing numbers, so that now you see on the evening news, more and more often, mentions about halal. Right. Halal is it's hugely um, important now. Hugely uh, popular these days. So, you know, nobody knows what kosher is here, right. but they certainly know what halal is. And, and arranging hotel rooms, arranging conference rooms with a niche pointing in the direction of Mecca, having halal catering, halal hotels, all of that is becoming a huge business here in Japan, and it has raised the awareness of Islam in a way that is very positive, and because they're bringing their money, they're bringing their business here. Right. So politically, it really is a two-horse game. It is komeito, and it is for whatever, however you want to define it, the Shinto element of Japanese the Shinto revivalism, revivalism. Let's call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those those are the main thrusts. But nevertheless, religion has a part to play, and it's mostly a positive part even though it's supposed to be kept at, at arm's length. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, the prime minister is challenged with that. I think his, his looking uh, sideways at Komeito as his coalition partner, he's a little bit jealous of that power, and I think he would like to have something that he can call his own as well. Oh, you're, I think you've hit it right on the, the nail right on the head. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely probably where he wants to go. Whether he'll get there in, a, in an advanced industrial society or post-industrial society, I'm not so sure. Okay, so just to tie this up, we've got the, the next big event in the political landscape is the election of the upper house. That'll be next year. And I'm wondering what your take is on the influence of uh, religiosity or, or uh, the Komeito pull on uh, this very important election. The House of Councillors, what the deal is in that is that the DPJ, the main opposition party, has its last big block of seats up for election in 2016. The LDP and the Komeito together would like to seize a lot of those seats. The, the LDP by itself can't do it. It needs the Komeito and all of its, its eight million votes that it can muster in order to pull back from the DPJ the proportional seats that it's holding. They really want to do that. They'll stick together to get to that point. And once they do that, then the coalition of the LDP and the, the uh, Komito get very close to the magic two-thirds mm -hmm. number right. in the House of Councillors that you must have if you want to amend the Constitution. That goal is in sight with this 2016 election. And so we're not going to see, unless the administration makes a huge mistake. We're not going to see policies that really challenge the alliance between Abe and his Shinto followers and 
this new religion based on Buddhism, the Soka Gakkai, and its, its organization, the Kometo. A great analysis, because that tells people who are watching this that although there might be fights back and forth in certain battles, it's going to be relatively safe because they want to be kissing buddies until this election. And neither of and them... And after it, too. Uh, well, and, and certainly after it. But neither one of them is going to um, rob one so that they can... I mean, it, they need to parcel it out. They need to be careful about what candidates they put in what districts and make sure that uh, the coalition moves together as a, uh, a unified force. And, they, and if, if the last 15 years of coalition have not shown anything is that they can do that mm -hmm. and they re and they stick through each with each other through thick and thin in 2009 they got wiped out both sides the komeito lost every single district member the entire the entire leadership group nine members of the top leadership wiped out out of the diet and yet the komeito stayed with the LDP despite it having suffered huge losses politically for having done so Thank you very much, Michael. It's always a great pleasure talking to you about these issues. Today's burning issue has been religion in Japanese politics. If you'd like to participate in this conversation or post comments or recommendations to us, there are several ways you can do that. You can send tweets to us at hashtag TokyoOnFire. Comments can be either posted directly into the comments section or you can send them to us at comments at TokyoOnFire.com. You can also download our podcast on iTunes. My name is Timothy Langley. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell your friends about the podcast. See you next week.